to the Earwig Review, episode 20-something. I don't remember. Okay, um, this week I played around with the mic settings, and we'll see how this goes. Maybe you can hear already the difference, um, but I won't get into what changes they were. It doesn't matter. But the fact that, um, you know, just trying to make it more clear, etc. One thing I think I've learned in the last couple episodes is the state of mind that you go into a recording like this um, can really make a bit of a make a difference. Sometimes um, it's all you can just feel in the kind of your heart rate, like the tension of, and the, I think it's just the, the, the stress and anxiety, I suppose, of, of the pressure. Um, and that can be kind of a lot. And one thing I, did well last week was I went in uh, more calmly than I did the week before. So trying to be cognizant of that, uh, maybe there's kind of a skill set to develop um, as you go. So I'll keep working on it and trying to really just keep myself calm as I record, um, and I think it, there's something to do with the procrastination that happens before setting out to do something like this, whether it's you know long recording or talking in front of people or even writing, and you know you have to do it or you you should and you want to, but there's the the procrastin the procrastination in the way of actually doing it and I think that the stress that I'm talking about and trying to kind of understand and put my finger on has to do with managing that um, this is the whole Stephen Pressfield resistance um, realm which incredibly helpful point of view um i think i read that book for the first time when i was in vancouver um visiting my sister when she'd gotten into a car accident and the coffee shop next to her house where i used to go and write every morning they just had that book on the shelf and i was like what is that and um just I think I just found it at the library or something and then and then I read it and it was very fucking useful. Um Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. Um you've probably already you know, someone's told you to read it or you've read it already. So the what I want to add to that though, and maybe he does talk about this in the book and I'm just kind of repeating it, but I feel like what I want to add to um, 
to that whole perspective is when you're getting over the procrastination slash resistance, you know, whatever's between you and actually doing the thing you're trying to do, you can go at it, can try to just push through your kind of emotional um, disposition or your discomfort or your stress and try to really just calm yourself down and get lower your heart rate <laughs> as much as possible uh, before you go ahead and, and do the thing. So that's where my head's at right now. From the outside, I'd probably sound, you know, the same every week. Um, or not. I have no idea. But these are kind of the things I think about sometimes when uh, I try to improve what I'm, what I'm doing here and make it um, more worth the while. Um, so to get the most out of it, because sometimes I do this, this podcast and I feel really great afterward. Like I really got somewhere that I wouldn't have gotten if I hadn't have done it. Um, it's kind of realizing new things and kind of, I don't know. Um, you know, it's helpful that way. And other times... And that's more often than not that that kind of thing, but other times it's um, you know not the best or or just kind of plain. So it's kind of the only real technique I've, I've kind of feel like I've figured out is try to go into it calmly. The other skill I feel like I'm learning, and I think I talked about this last week, um, is just this the what it means to be persistent with something like this to just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and have that be the priority which i know um not everyone has that point of view where they're like you know if it's not good if what you're making is not like great then don't do it they'd rather not do it than do something mediocre and I really get that, and I feel like I spent um, a lot of years in that perspective. But at the end of the day, uh, it wasn't as fun, and I didn't get as much out of um, the whole experience slash my life when I was operating with that as too rigid of a mindset. What worked better, I should say what's working better long-term is persistence and, and almost lack of quality, <laughs> um, really. And I, I don't know if that will totally bite me in the ass or not, but it seems like when people talk about getting out of your own way, when you hear like, oh, you need to get out of your own way, I didn't really understand that for a long time. And I think that's probably what that means. So that's that's kind of how I've translated it is you need to not worry about the quality of your work. 
you need to do your best and and um even that's a confusing sentence because sometimes um you do something and you know that it's kind of shitty but it just feels right and when you work on it too much you kill it sometimes just like a simple gesture is more useful than refining something until it fucking turns into to particle shit particles essentially so um yeah that's i think that's that's where i'm at in general is really persistence and patience that's two that's a piece of advice my dad gave me probably the most i just need one second there it is um that's probably the most um my favorite piece of advice i got from my dad was um uh, i don't remember how exactly he phrased it but he just used the words patience and persistence um and that i think that was just the best um advice it's just really served me he gave it to me in um in the way of uh relationships actually um as far as like i was going through a breakup and i was like really torn up about it and we were driving in the car and i was back home just like you know all fucked up and he said and he gave me that's the advice he gave me it's just like have patience and persistence and i had no i it just i was like okay i didn't like know what it really meant at the time and that stayed with me um you know it's good it's good advice and uh yeah it continues to serve me so let me think before i jump into the um the posts um things are good um and there's a side of me that that always feels uh, almost hesitant to admit that when it's happening. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm scared that if I admit things are good, then suddenly they'll become bad. It might just be a superstition. But truthfully, um, things are as good as they've ever been. Let me rephrase that. Things are better than they've ever been for me. So that's, um, that's a fact. <laughs> that is a truth of, of, that's the fact of the matter. Um, things are as good as they've ever been. Things are, things are better than they've ever been in my life right now. I don't know why it's difficult to admit that. Really. It should be easy to admit. We should maybe, um, you know, maybe it's because sometimes when people talk about how good things are going, it immediately feels false. Like you think they're lying to you to hide what's bad. Um, so maybe I, I don't know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm bullshitting about that being the definition or, or what I think. I think it's just plain and simple. Um, things are going really well. Miriam is almost six months pregnant. 
Um, she's starting to show. Still not crazy amount. It's also the middle of winter, so there's a lot of layers going on. But um, the fact is that her pants that you that used to not f really fit her, and she definitely required a belt for them to to hold up, now fit very nicely. Um, and that's uh, about that's the uh, that's what's going on there. Um, and we've been having a lot of um, opportunities to spend some real quality time together. Um, and the, the looking back on our relationship and how we met and how we kind of the whole courtship of it all and, you know, getting married and getting pregnant and da da da. It's a good story. Um, it it really I don't look at it and I feel uh, like we did a we did a good job of um, sorting that out. So um, you know it's just fucking great. I think I have a poem post poem. Uh, eventually I'll pick a side, but um, I have a some writing about it. I think this week, so I'll probably end up repeating or going into it a bit farther. Um. I was still going through uh, my um, reading Freud's book, The Interpretation of Dreams, um, and it is still good, but those first kind of 100 or 150 pages, I think really were like stimulating my, um, they were really stimulating. Um, and the next hundred pages or so when he basically starts talking about his um the dreams that he's kind of worked on is like patients dreams and a lot of his own dreams and then he breaks them down and kind of talks about how he came to his theories has become uh less interesting um, there's still points where I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm, I think it's this stretch of the book is kind of like, uh, I'm curious to see how it'll all come together. I feel like, okay, we got to set up a lot of different ingredients here and probably he'll, um, whatever he's leading to, I think will probably be good. Um, and really kind of, uh, well, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't really know, but um, I'm still just kind of chugging along, but those first hundred pages, are, I felt like I was, you know, um, on crack, just like really excited about, oh my God, and this, and then I got to flag this, I got to read this, and this, and this, and this. So it slowed down a bit, so I didn't, there were some excerpts that I thought I'd read, because I think I've done that last few episodes now, but I'm not going to read Freud at the end of this podcast. Instead, I'm going to take a quote from David Goggins that I really like um, that that has actually really helped me a lot. Um, so that'll I'll wrap up with that at the end. Um, but the thing about the Freud readings and him taking his own dreams and breaking them down and kind of talking about what conclusions he came to, I was like, huh, I'm not finding this too interesting. But I think of the format of this podcast and I'm like, it's basically what I'm doing is I read through those poems and then 
um, and then kind of break them down in certain ways, you know, in a very, uh, <laughs> um, in the most, uh, uh, you know, shitty fast food chain version, how I do it, um, compared to like, you know, one of these, one of the great thinkers of all time. Um, so, you know, the difference there, um, obviously, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, well, should I, I'm not going to change what I do on this. Cause that's, that format's really working well. And I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, maybe a food for thought, um, moment, the term food for thought, I realized I used a lot in my lectures, um, during the week. And, uh, one of the students last week was, didn't understand what I was saying. Um, and I didn't understand. She's like, what's, f she kept saying it as one word, like what's food for thought. And I was like, what? And I made her say it back like five times and no one understood it. And I said, type it. It was an online class. I said, type it into the chat. And she wrote food for thought. What is that? I don't know where she's from, but, uh, clearly somewhere where they don't have that as a expression. Um, and so I've been really self-conscious about saying food for thought now and realizing that I say it a lot, but I think it's a really good term. Um, I think it means really the translation is just think about it. We don't have to like, it's kind of almost like a, um, whatever that zone is, you know, it's like kind of the safe zone of like, listen, I'm not saying this is the absolute truth. I'm not building an argument. It's just a random kind of sketchy idea. It's a spaghetti at the wall type of thing, which, you know, that the territory of food for thought, um, is one I very much enjoy is what I'm trying to say. I feel like that's who I am is, um, that's where my temperament lies is in, in that kind of, um, zone. So it's good. Why the fuck not? Right. Um, listening. I think my, you know, in the beginning I said something about messing with the, the mic. I got like a different kind of thing going on and I'm, I'm like, do I hear my stomach growling? So it keeps stopping. I don't know what the hell that is, but it doesn't matter. Okay. And there was there's one more thing I wanted to talk about in the intro here. Um, I'm sure there was more than one, but the, the other thing that I'll talk about is the videos, YouTube videos, and the status of things. So... For those of you who are already on the newsletter, um, you're all basically caught up on what's going on there. But uh, if you're not, sign up to the newsletter. It's really simple. I, I'll send you one email a month. And along with that email, you'll get an ebook version of all of the month's post in just a, a little ebook. I'll send you that and then a couple updates of, of what's going on. Um, so sign up for that on the website. 
www.joshuahalalbarski.com, J-O-S-H-U-A-H-I-L-L-E-L-B-A-R-S-K-Y.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just, felt it feels like a wholesome thing. I just kind of like it. Um, at the end of the month, just kind of writing a letter out to people of like, hey, this is, uh, this is what I've been up to. Here's the thing. Hope, hope everything is going well. And uh, see you next time. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's nothing. There's really, it's just a pot. It was, it was just a nice thing. It's a wholesome thing to do. Send out, uh, send out a newsletter. So, um, and, and you should send out a newsletter, I think. If you have, even if you have literally nothing to say, I think it's fun to, it's a, it's an interesting exercise of like, you know, what is in, what news do I have <laughs> for the world? Um, what's, what do I want to, what, want, what's my newspaper look like, essentially? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it can be fun. So start a newsletter and who knows what, uh, what crazy shit you'll put inside. Newsletters for everyone. The, here's what's, what I did last week that I'm very happy with. Well, the, the animation, and I don't know if that was last week or the week, I think it was probably the week before, but that was really good. Um, and that's got the highest YouTube um, viewers so far, um, which is, it's a small sample size, but it's got like five times more views than the other, um, the other videos I put out, um, which I think is great. Um, I was going to say food for thought and then news and I was looking for something else, but, um, but that's, uh, that's great because it was really fun to make that animation and it kind of, it's the one that uses the most story structure. Um, it's the most clear application of my point of view as to what story structure is. It was easier to put that into like a little animated story than into like the vlog type um, video where it's like me talking and doing shit. And so it seemed like, and I don't know the ins and outs of the YouTube algorithm aside from the longer people watch, the longer your video keeps people on YouTube, the more they'll serve it and reward, um, um, reward you for it essentially and keep serving it. So there, that I think is from what I understand that animation people watched for longer. It served it to more people who watched it for longer than all of my other videos. That's, that's what I took from, from looking at the kind of the data of 10 random videos that I put out last month. And so the conclusion is like, okay, great. Like story structure, um, an application is an incredibly useful tool as a, that is one of the only facts that, um, 
that is not a food for thought, in my opinion. It is an objective fact that there are certain st structure techniques that um, can really make all the difference when we're talking about um, watching shit and reading stuff. Um, you know, stories, everything, blah, blah, blah. So that's great. Um, I want to keep making these animations. I have another one uh, that I'm working on from the adapted from the Blue Nile story that I've read in completion on the podcast for those um, who have checked that out. So adapting that writing to animation form um, has been a great challenge and I'm, it seems like it's working. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to that. Maybe it'll come out next week. Maybe it'll come out the week after. Who knows? But I'm trying to not be in a hurry with it and just kind of adapt it into the a story properly from the long prose form that I had into animation form. I'm a little distressed that I'm not potentially not going to release the prose version. I'm, co I'm confused. I'm like, the animation version is just kind of better. I think more people will see it and I think it's more concise. Whereas the prose version, like getting people to actually read the thing or recording it into audiobook version, um, it just feels very hopeless to me. Whereas doing it as an animation, I'm just like, I have, it gives me hope that um, the story can kind of get out there and, and it just seems like a lot more fun and just more accessible to, to people. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I'm working on that and I'll see where I land with it. Um, I think it's obvious I changed my mind a lot when it comes to how these things are going to go. Originally, Blue Knob was an ebook. Then I was like, okay, I'll do the ebook and the audiobook. And then now I'm like, actually, it's in an animation. And then probably in two weeks, I'll say, okay, it's an animation and it's also an audiobook. And it, like with me, I know that it's all over the place. Um, but I have this thing called ADHD that might contribute to that. Um, and I can't be self conscious about that splitting the, the thoughts, the random thought thing, because I'm having too much fun. So I got to say, if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. And, um, you know, it's all, I'm truly enjoying myself and sorry that I'm trying to um, turn my, my novel into a fucking cartoon. No one cares, right? Only me. Um, so another example of how to get out of your own way. Um, don't let your ego dictate um, the quantity, um, or the, or the, like, or the medium, you know, of what you're making, meaning a serious prose text thing that's really long is, uh, seems there's the part of the ego that's like, yeah, I want to write a serious book because that's what serious grown up people do. And then the other side of you is like, but what about making it as a cartoon on YouTube with stick figure drawings? 
um, you're like, what are you fucking 10? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, I should put a pin in that one. I think that's one of the, the, maybe the struggles of kind of my, me figuring things out is the fact that, um, I'm a very unserious person uh, who takes things to take. I take really unserious things very seriously or something. There's some back and forth there that I, I can't seem to find a, uh, a comfort zone, but I'm definitely closer than I was. Anyway, cartoons going great. Another one coming soon. The video I released on Thursday um, about my the writing process and it basically goes through it talks about this podcast it talks about the posts it talks about uh, the ebook all of this stuff to just kind of lay it out and be able to articulate it that way and make it into a video um, was really satisfying and and um, it's seldom that I actually feel like anything I make gives me the kind of satisfaction that that, that did. Um, so that's good. There's definitely parts of that video where I'm like, I felt myself second guessing after. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I put myself out there that much. But, um, but I did and it's great and, um, and I'm happy about it. And I got to just... I can't go back and delete it. I just got to make five more videos to drown it out. That's that's kind of the, the rule. And that's been serving me well. So check out that video. It's called, uh, I think it's called My Writing Process at the Moment dot 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 on YouTube. And um, if you're a fan of the podcast, you'll likely be a fan of that video because it's the same thing. Let us go into the posts. So, where are we here? Okay, so this week, we began at the end of January with a story called Snail Friend. A box of nails and a hammer. A box of snails and a hammer. Snails, nails. I hope that no one would use a snail as a nail. I saw a snail on the street a few months ago. It was just there looking at the dirt. I always liked snails. I always thought they were funny. I hope to know a snail one day. I hope to have a snail as a friend. To go for coffee with. To ask advice of to split a large pizza with, to shoot the shit, a snail for a friend. That sounds all right. I hope I do not go the rest of my life without a friend like that. I hope I do not die without having a snail as a friend. There it is, snail friend. What to make of such piece of writing is this 
It's so fucking juvenile. But it's it's so annoying. It's such an annoying thing. A box of nails as a and a hammer, a box of snails as a and a hammer. It's like that how could you write that and go through with it and continue? Like wow. That's so fucked. And I think the fact that it's such a dumb thing to do is the reason I had to do it because I couldn't think of anything stupider at the moment. So it just made me happy to be so stupid. (laughs) But some real sentiment comes out, to be honest. This thing about the large pizza, lately, I've been on a massive pizza kick where you probably actually noticed from a lot of the posts where I'm always like, and then I'm going to get a slice of pizza, 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 pizza. But really, I'm in this place in my life where the thought of eating a slice of pizza and then eating a slice of pizza, it just seems to be what the best thing it just is bringing me so much happiness um and so i guess the thought of going and you know going for pete going and having pizza (laughs) um is is really nice i don't there's nothing else to really there's no more there's no freudian analysis to really break this one down um it really is that simple. And uh, on s- yesterday, we went and Miriam, um, she's lactose intolerant. She's gluten-free. There's certain pizzas we can get her. Um, but, you know, not every pizza place can accommodate. But there was a pizza place that she really wanted me to try. And so we went. And... This happens a lot where Miriam wants, she like gets me to eat food and think and things for her. So it's because she doesn't want to actually eat them. She just wants to have the experience, I guess. So I kind of used as her, um, you know, like a, a, what's the word? Guinea pig. Um, Where she, you know, and then she'll have like the smallest bite and then she get, and I have to eat the whole thing. So we went to that pizza place. I had this like this cheese pizza. It was really good. Uh, the l- lineup was like out the door. It was minus 20 out. It was really funny. I was really, the experience was very fun for me. Um, and uh, great piece of pizza. I just kind of ate it in the car. And then we went to another pizza slice place. It wasn't as busy, um, but it, it was probably even better. I liked it better and just had a pepperoni pizza that was huge. And, you know, I got to eat two great pieces of pizza from two different places in a row. And uh, we were having a great afternoon. <laughs> um, and then we saw the movie Babylon, um, which was very good, actually. And I, I know the reviews and whatnot seem like people didn't like it, um, but it was great. It was better. I didn't, I don't even think I saw the trailer before going into it. 
Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I thought it was, it was really fun. I'm really impressed with how wild it got. And, um, I don't know if experimental is necessarily the right word, but, um, it really just did whatever the fuck it wanted and totally, it was, it was more of a series of kind of vignettes um, than, you know, your traditional three-act structure, whatever, blah, blah, blah thing. Um, but for a three and a three hour and 15 minute movie, um, it was like very not boring. <laughs> and it was like an incredible spectacle. Like every moment of that movie was just so over the top. I don't know what the budget was. Let me look it up because I actually really want to know Babylon budget. Um, 160 million is kind of just what I see off of Google. And I'm seeing also that, well, okay, I'm seeing mixed things already. Let's go off the Wikipedia. They're saying the budget was roughly 80 mil. Uh, So let's go with that. And the box office had made 40 only. So they lost $40 million on it. Um, I'm sure there's still some opportunities to make that back. But 40 mil, uh, I think they're probably fucked. I think they probably lost half the budget on this thing. Um, But all the power to them. And I think it's great that they took the swing on on spending this much on a movie that you know that they were wrong about it making any money and losing 40 million dollars is is great <laughs> for a movie like this uh i don't know why i see that as a positive um but i hope they keep having opportunities to lose uh, half a million dollars for sorry 40 million dollars on um you know crazy movies like this even though it didn't do well but it's too bad i guess if it did well they might try to do more whatever fuck who cares it was a cool movie really i was really impressed with it uh really really fun i think what i was thinking about when i on the way home or whatever about this movie is that um, you know I spent however many years um, working on film sets and figuring out that world from a bunch of different angles and um, trying to understand like what it means to be a screenwriter or director and I think that for me, I, I don't like spending a lot. I'm very cheap. I like doing, I, I don't like spending a lot of money. I think on, on principle, the, the more creative something can be with the least amount of money, to me is like a part of the fun of it. And I feel like, you know, 
even the movies that you know have been um that have been a producer on that have been like you know in the 200 300 range like i'm just like we're wasted we don't i'm so stingy with money i'm so fucking stingy and i'm like this is we could do this with less we could do this with less why are we're wasting money the script it's a script problem that you could fix if you just concentrated and and instead of trying to spend like thirty thousand dollars on a good camera move to avoid the problem etc so my perspective just really um goes with aligns with making things with the least amount of money possible it's just what makes me happy and the movie film industry is very um it doesn't really work that way in some ways it sure it can um but it's essentially it's an extremely expensive uh, endeavor that is why making cartoons um and making youtube videos has felt really satisfying to me because they're essentially the not all the time but a lot by nature they're no budget it's the network of no budget films um hbo is the network of amazing high budget stories youtube is the network of um sometimes amazing sometimes not amazing no budget films and i just feel like that zone is the the one for me um for for reasons that i don't fully understand but um i'm sure i'll one day it'll occur to me why anyway i would never want to like make a movie like babylon not in its content but in its spectacle um and it's about that too but i feel like for me writing a little post um and posting online and reading on a podcast and youtube videos is just where i'm happy ist where i'm happiest i also don't deal well with people um and the film industry is full of you gotta be good with relationships you really do um and you need to work with people left right and center and at the end of the day like i'm not into this multiplayer shit i like single player (laughs) um that's I, i don't love collaborating with people um it just isn't what i'm about i mean it's great when it works whatever but at the end of the day like i think this is what we consider to be authorship is a single point of view um and it seems like with writing um and homemade videos that's much more within that territory and it's awesome um so let's go to the next post there should always be late fines i'm imagining a bag of frozen spicy curly fries tomorrow i will walk through the snow while drinking coffee i do not know what i'll think about i will be by myself walking 
I am in a state of general happiness that is better than usual. It is true that this is the best quality of life I have ever lived. It is true that I've spent years as a miserable piece of shit. It is true that I wasn't sure if it would subside or if that's what it was to walk around the snow, drinking coffee, still imagining frozen curly fries. It is possible to better yourself. It is possible to figure things out. In a way, I hate to admit it, but it's true. One thing that helped then was going to the library. I don't know why exactly, but it did. Back when they still had late fines, they got rid of back when they still had late fines. They got rid of late fines in our city, which is bullshit. I need to add a little punctuation there because it reads oddly. There should always be late fines. There should always be frozen spicy curly fries floating in a thought bubble above your head. Okay. Um, bullet point one. I already <laughs> talked about this in the intro to today's podcast saying things are fucking great. I've never been better. <laughs> and here's a post that says this is the best time. But here's, I think, the, the takeaway from this. Let me try to just... Um, I'll try not to dwell too much, whatever that means. I, I, there's times in my life, certain, like periods, I could probably make a list of them if I put the effort in and concentrated, but I don't really need to, where it was just prolonged periods of uh, feeling really um, bad. Um, and that could be sad, frustrated, annoyed, angry, jealous, um, you know, list 10 common negative emotions and some combination of it all. And, and it, at a high level, at a high um, volume in that, like, I, there's, I couldn't really do anything sometimes except try to work through those emotions it controlled my days everything i did for the most part was an attempt to uh, get those things under control to work through them um and that came with a lot of um you know drinking drugs um for a long time and then you know once i cleaned up that side of things it began to kind of manifest in other ways um but the point being there's long periods of my life where i was just couldn't figure things out and the reasons why they things didn't feel good was, was very i thought i could get to the bottom of it by kind of um sorting it out i felt like there was an answer it wasn't, you know, this kind of gets into this depression, chemical imbalance versus life uh, experience um, type, you know, nature nurtures type conversation. So I don't want to like, uh, let me pref, let me just asterisk and say, 
it's a combination of both, right? We don't need to like um, pick one side of a paradigm in that level. It's very much a mix of both. Whereas I think A, um, have a, um, I'm a general baseline. I'm a pretty sensitive person. Um, and then as things kind of pile on, I can really, you know, um, it can get out of control. So it's a, it's a bit of both, bit of both, but there's a lot of it I could work through on my own. Uh, I'm, and let me say with therapy as a huge part of that therapy and reading books. If you can't afford a therapist, my advice is start reading um, books about the issues that you feel like you're having. Let your train of thought unwind at your local library and um, you may find some answers. Not all the answers, but there there is help. Um, as the genre, the name of the genre implies, help yourself, self-help books are fucking great. Um, some are shitty, some are not. You'll figure that out. Um, but really, if you feel like money is an issue um, and there's any barrier between you and a therapist, which is the better option, I mean, maybe not. It's it's a great option. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know for what it's worth. That's I really believe that. Um, and I read many of those books and was still miserable, but they didn't. There was parts that definitely to this day have stayed with me and, and really helped me figure out what I needed to. And for during a lot of those times, I think um, I really thought I was like, well, maybe this is how life feels. Maybe this is just it. And you know, the, it doesn't, the variables don't matter. And there is nothing to figure out because I can't figure it out. And um, this is just what you're going to have to deal with or get used to or, or whatever. And I, and, and what I was trying to say in this, in this poem is that there's a way to, to work things out. There's a way to work things out. The effort is all for naught, uh, even though it may very well feel like that at the time. But I feel like through all of those fucking shitty times where, um, like, yeah, on one hand, I'm a complete spoiled millennial who doesn't have any it's easy to put my life into terms of like i have literally nothing to complain about i have no right to be upset and that only spirals worse where it's like oh shit like i hate myself because i because of my privilege um you know so i what i'm trying to say with that is like i objectively had nothing to um, be upset about ever, you know, on those terms. And when you start to compare yourself to other people in the world, to most of the world's population, I had no reason to uh, have literally anything but a massive smile on my face at all times. But I was, 
And I knew that, but I was like, but I, but I can't figure it out. I just feel fucking awful. <laughs> and this is the, you know, the existential nightmare of, um, of my generation. And, um, you know, in, in the culture we live. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is there's a way to figure the shit out. Just keep working on it and, and, uh, pay your late fines <laughs> at the library. Um, take out the books and either return them on time and, um, return them on time. And if you don't pay the late fines as soon as possible, um, so, you know, take the responsibility for yourself because, because having access to a library that's stocked full of books that you can just take out for free is, is, um, too good to be true. Really it is. And there must be a price to pay when they removed the late fines from the library perhaps to incentivize people to fucking take out more books because they weren't paying their fines or something fucking stupid i'm angry i'm so it's so fucking dumb that they've done this and i don't know what they think their reason is but whatever it is i guarantee you it's fucking stupid and they should bring back late fines and that and times them by two because you know they should it's fine. You gotta, you gotta, there has to be some, um, repercussions, you know, for this, for this stuff. And I feel like there's something about that and my inability to figure out my life. The two are very connected. That's all I'll say. That's what I can think of. Um, okay, here's one. The Great Idiocy number two. I think it's a, it looks like a continuation of yesterday's. The Great Idiocy two. I became upset today for a few reasons. One. I slipped on the ice and scared my cat when we were outside and he bit my hand. Two, the lecture I gave today fucking bombed, goddammit. Three, I returned my library book a day late. <laughs> and they don't even charge late fines anymore, so I can't even reconcile it. I feel like a failure and I feel tired. But, and I'm not trying to be optimistic by saying this, the truth is I'm enjoying looking like an idiot. Because I cannot deny that I'm not fucking bullshitting myself. So fuck off, world. And no, I've used the title already. And I know I've used the title already, but I'll use it again. Because I'm feeling what it is. The great idiocy. Okay. So, um, it's always an amazing experience when the post I read. And then I say a bunch of shit. And then I read the next post. And I'm already two steps ahead of my own train of thought that I've already had and um, never ceases to amaze me. First thing is I was on, a, I was 
really high the day before on my feelings. I was like feeling really, really good. And I think this is actually really good proof that when you feel that good, often the next day you might feel really bad or at least, you know, that happens to me a lot. It's gotta be, you gotta watch out. And maybe that's kind of why I'm so like wary of feeling good because I, I know in my instinct that there'll be a kind of a price to pay for that. Um, so I don't know if this is like an everyone thing or if it's a me thing, but, um, I think you can see it here the day before I'm like, I'm feeling really, really good, better than ever. And the next day I'm like, like I'm very upset today. <laughs> um, that's fucked up. The, uh, um, so that's one thing to notice. I'm thinking of last night. This is so, I shouldn't even be saying this, but, and I think it, there's the, the, the last of us episode. Th- we watched the third episode, which, um, you know, is basically like, um, a version of the, um, marriage story the married life segment of the movie up if you've seen up and there's there's this montage where it shows um carl and ellie the the two characters their whole romance they have they do like a a version of that's of a story like that in the last of us um tv show and it's almost like there's this feeling of like when things are, you want to go out when things are good, right? Like, is it better to, like, wouldn't you, on the greatest day of your life, you'd probably just want to like end it there <laughs> than completely um, have to suffer through this like long drawn out ending. I think I'd probably go for the long ending, to be honest. That seems more my nature. But in theory, you know, it makes sense to fucking... You feel like so good, you just want to, like, end it. Just like, I'm so excited, I just want things to... I just want things to be over. Um, I feel like I'm outing my... Too much of my internal thoughts at the moment. Um, But uh, whatever. I suppose that's kind of the point. So huge mood fluctuation between these two days between this post I'm reading now and before and I think fun to like be so see when I was reading that last one I was so like angry about um late fines I was like fuck this shit and I was like really like the anger was definitely like dialing up fast and then the next day I'm like really angry about because I didn't return my book on time. I was like a day late. So I think there's like a rigidness with me that's very like, really beat myself up if I can't meet certain standards or something. Um, fuck, my personality, I wish I could hide it more, but it's, it seems to be um, coming out a lot in this today's episode. Oh, man. This really feels like a therapy uh, fucking session. Not that they aren't all, but this one for sure. Um, 
when I used to go to therapy, my therapist told me to stop bringing coffee to therapy because I would use it as like an avoidant to my feelings. And um, I noticed I just took a sip of coffee in that moment. So, yeah, there was this moment where I was taking Mouse on a walk outside and it was really cold, but we got to, you know, if we don't take him out for his walks, he just gets fucking, he won't calm down. Um, and I slipped on the ice and scared him. And then we took a few more steps and then he turned around and lunged at me and just like, you know, and this thing I'd said, he just bit my hand, but he like gnawed at my hand and my leg and he really went after me. Um, because I think he, the movement I made when I slipped, he thought it was like, um, an attack and, uh, it was scary. It was one of those moments with him where I'm like, I can't, he wasn't getting under control. Um, like he was in like kill mode basically. It's really, it's, it's upsetting. It really, really upset me. Um, but I know, I understand why he did it and he's not crazy. It's just, it's like, yeah, I scared him. Um, anyway, I got me to just open the back door with a couple of treats and then he, we figured it out pretty quick, but it was also like minus like 25 or something. It was like brutal. And the, I gave a lecture, um, uh, that day as well. And it's just like some, sometimes I give a lecture to these students and it feels like you connect and it's really good. Like it, it's a really good feeling. Um, I feel like, like it's, it's awesome. But other times you just feel like you bombed. You just didn't connect and you just feel like, like really, you can feel really bad about yourself. Um, definitely. I mean, some days just, just feels like that. So the two things and then, and then the library book, those three things, I just felt really upset, but I wonder if it had a, something to do with how up I was the day before or something. Um, but even in this state, there was still this like point, And this is, I think the biggest point of growth with doing the, this podcast with writing the posts and, and consistently publishing them every day and doing the YouTube videos is that I'm like putting myself out there to look very fucking dumb. Um, I think like my, I'm not the, I don't have like a, a high, my confidence is not massive. Um, it is what it is, but I'm not the most confident person in the world. I'm definitely more confident than I was, but I, I, uh, I'm a lot more confident than I was. Um, but it's still work in progress. And I, there's definitely times where that, um, you know, I definitely lose sight of it all or whatever, but I'm, but there but the truth is the more I kind of dig at it, the more I put myself out there, the more I notice how fun it is to look, to look dumb in certain ways, as long as it's, as it's real. And there's a difference. There's like trying to look smart by being fake. And then there's not being afraid of looking dumb while your intentions are true. And, um, understand developing your your ability to assess the difference because we this is this is one thing that i feel like i've learned from from um i don't know from teaching i guess and watching i make them share their idea the students share their ideas all the time 
And I think from watching a few hundreds, probably, I don't know how many, but maybe 300 or so, like different students just like try to pitch their ideas for their the movies they want to make. Uh, and many different ideas throughout the, the term, whatever, doesn't matter how many. Um, but it's that they, what you, when you're first starting out with this kind of stuff, what you think is, you, you will very much think that what you're saying is authentic and very much feel it to the best of your ability. But it takes, but you're not good at it yet. You're not good at knowing what's actually real. You, you're at your capacity and it's and that's fine. But after you do it more and more, you realize, you expand the capacity in which to feel um, a greater authenticity with yourself. So what I, when I was like 20 and coming being like this is the most real story i could ever come up with i I really believed it but once i and but i knew it was still trash you know i was like i know this is real to me but i still feel like it's trash and you do that over and over and over again for you know 10 years for 15 years um and you realize like more of what's you have a better sense i think of what is bullshit and what isn't and you refine that ability more and more and that's how you i think that's how you mature that's how you get good i think that's what i think um so that and that integrity from doing that that's what's what keeps that's what's what supports my confidence that's what's allowed it to grow eating shit you cannot be yourself without a lot of people thinking you are fucked you cannot be yourself without a lot of people thinking you suck ass you cannot be yourself without eating shit somehow I've become excited to eat shit tomorrow and on a Friday imagine all the shit you can eat Imagine the buffet of shit that is waiting for you as you learn to be who you are, as you learn to be an honest person, as you learn to have integrity. You cannot be yourself without eating shit. That is how it works. Yep. I think that's really just... um, Whatever I was talking about, really just summed it up right there. Um, I think what what happens is that I prove, like I write what seems like random shit on these posts. And I don't look at the one I wrote the day before and I just, that day, write it. That The next day, write the next one. Very isolated. And then on the podcast now, as you know, I read through them all in order and start to see the bigger train of thought. And that's kind of the that's the fun of it and building these kind of weird fragmented narratives um trying to make some sense of things find the meaning of it all so that was a really clear example twice over of like my train of thought seems to be 
the same um, when it was random. Like this is how I think, these are my beliefs. And then I prove that to myself when I go over things again. And I find that the when I realize the two things are the same, it's like proof to myself that what I think is consistent and I actually believe it and I actually think it's true. And there's just no denying that. It's not just like random fucking chaos. Like I, um, I think when I used to do a lot of drugs and was just, you know, experimenting with stuff and not understanding, not, I guess figuring things out in that way I was kind of talking about, I really was like, is this all fu fucking random? Like, is this just like word salad, like just psychopathic garbledy gook? Um, and, and what this process helps me with is like, look, it's not, it's actually not, um, there's something to it. So that's good. That helps me. So let's look at luck and hearsay the next post. When I went downstairs to get a snack, I saw my wife holding her cell phone speaker to her stomach playing Les Mis for the baby. Now I'm eating an orange and potato chips. Our cat is licking his paw. I don't really feel like making anything up or saying anything important, but I will say this. Earlier today, I was walking in the snow and I felt as good as I've ever felt in my life. I've spent years of my life feeling miserable for no good reason. And my only advice to anyone is this. Don't bullshit yourself. To the best of your ability, make choices that align with who you are. And that will allow a chance for things to turn up. As far as I'm concerned, everything else is luck and hearsay. Nice. Um, I don't feel the need to elaborate on any of that <laughs> any farther. I think it's um, a lot of what this episode is really about. But I, I think I'll give myself a uh, a gold star for for that because I think I, I said things concisely and I think I believe them to be true. And and that's good. That's good. So, gold star from me to me. Very, very nice. Lastly, let's read this to end off this week's episode of the Earwig Review. The greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world. I thought of a new catchphrase today. It's never too late to castle. I would get it written on a t-shirt and there would be a king and a rook on it. There would be two versions of the shirt. One would be black and have white pieces and the other would be white and have black pieces on it. Otherwise, I don't have much to say, except writing stories is difficult. They're next to impossible to get right, but it is worth trying. I don't know how to tie that thought back to the one about the chess t-shirt, which I suppose proves my point that writing stories is next to impossible to get right. Awesome. Uh, 
Um, this one, I think the gold star that I gave myself for the day before, uh, this poem does not get the same gold star <laughs> as, as that one did. But I used to be, um, the st structure that I saw a lot from these posts, um, more the from more of the abstract ones that I'm sure I'm, I'll always be doing is like something super random off the top. And then, and that's kind of the act one, like here's some bunch of random fucking images. Then it's like the middle part, the act two is all about like sorting through that strange feeling. It's that strange image. And then act three, the end of the poem is always connecting that first act with everything that I kind of broke down in the middle and it's being like, okay, and this is how it all ties together. And I think I understand what's going on now, you know, I've sorted out the thing. So that's kind of like the act structure of, of a poem like this from my perspective. Maybe I should, um, that'd be a good thing. I don't know if I'll ever actually get around to doing this. But I just want to make a note. Um, act structure. Act structure. Poems. Dot, dot, dot. Act structure. Poems. Video. If I could get that down in... I think it'd be, I would feel satisfied to um, make a YouTube video about that one day. And it would be good for a YouTube video because I could take a, a few of the, the poems um, and then kind of break them down. Like, and just, I just want to find that pattern and kind of illustrate that and go farther into like taking, you know, act structure th theory and applying it there and just kind of showing like, look, this is how these things can, how to apply three act structure or five act structure, three, depending on, you know, your opinion, um, how to apply act structure to um, random train of thought poems. And I think that, that to me is really useful interesting information of like, you know, the whole connection I was taking from Freud's book of the dream, um, connecting that to creativity and then, you know, taking those samples, taking a few of those samples and then showing the act structure of them of without trying just how that those things can apply um, shows the the usefulness of the tool of knowing understanding the natural kind of progression of things no matter I feel like I'm always like fighting against the natural the most kind of archaic instinct, the most like anti-plot structure 
and the really classical kind of, you know, story structure rule stuff. And I'm tr- I, I really just want um, that the connection between those two things, between the random and the precise, I suppose, between the left and the right brain, if that's a real theory. I'm very interested in that, um, in what that is, in more of a, a, in a creativity kind of standpoint. I feel like if I had to, um, I feel like it'd be really good to get my thoughts down into into something really concise. Even though I feel like I explain it all the time on this podcast, but it'd be fun to do as a video anyway. Um, what's great about this novelty chest shirt poem is that it fails at connecting the two. Um, and, but still kind of follows that general structure. And I feel like acknowledging its failure is, um, I appreciate that. (laughs) I think that's satisfying. So there's a meta layer like look this the point is is it doesn't work and by showing what how it doesn't work we actually learn how it can work so those are the posts for this week now i want to play a video um that i'll i'll post on the um it'll i'll make it as a square I'll do a little bit of post editing. I'll make it as a square on the video and I'll just play it into the um, whatever, the YouTube. But um, this is this is a fellow named David Goggins and this was off like his um, Instagram or something. It wasn't even like a real video. It was just a like a live thing or something i don't i don't really know <laughs> i just found it on on youtube um but let me play it now how do you let other people's opinions impact you <laughs> <laughs> i love this motherfucking question fuck people one thing you have to learn early in life i didn't learn this till later on i don't give a motherfuck you can't care what anybody thinks about you if I care what people thought about me, you think I'd be yelling out here, doing 105-pound rock, talking shit? This is who I am. Find out who you are, whoever that may be. I don't give a fuck what you are. Find out who you are and own that motherfucker and tell people to go fuck themselves. Don't ever worry about anybody and what the fuck they think about you. You do that. I guarantee you, your life will be in shambles. You will become the biggest bitch of all time. And I'll cut it there. Um, I just, that that little video, and I think the, the idea behind it um, is, is really great. And uh, I think it's, it's, I think it's got me through some of my, the insecurities um, that I have been working through recently. Um, so that is something I really wanted to share. I was, I wanted to, um, 
take the transcript of it and write it as um in in kind of poem form um maybe i'll do that for tonight's post we'll see um but um you know i just really like that so I, i wanted to share it when i thought about what you know i could like dig out something from some fancy prose book or like you know interpretation of dreams or something but i was like in all honesty that's um that's the most true kind of thing that's that i wanted to to share on on the show this week so there it was david goggins um walking down the street so that'll be it for today's episode thank you again um for being here um i think that went pretty well and um, check out the new videos on YouTube and sign up to the newsletter. Those are the those are the things that I'm up to right now. And um, have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next time.